to the broadcast. Speak my word is about to begin. Your host is Shannon Davis. And we are living in the time of the end. We have ignition. We will be reading tonight from the King James Edition. Jesus told us to preach the gospel, cast out devils and lay hands on the sick. If you are not obeying him, you better act quick. He is coming back and we will all give a report. So obey Jesus so you don't come up short. All right, everybody, let's do a sound check. I had to switch rooms today. It means I had to relocate my computer, hook everything back up, and I'm trusting I've got the settings working. So if you that are in the MixLR chat room can let me know, I would appreciate it. You can hear me and audio is good. Uh, again, welcome aboard wherever you're tuning in from. I'm excited to be here with you. We're also broadcasting on IceCast. And if you're in the IceCast room, we don't have a chat room there, but do me a favor. If you're tuning in via the IceCast player, email me and let me know if uh, audio levels are okay, audio is coming through clear, if there's any problems. My email, omegamanradio at protonmail.com. Okay, thank you, Mr. Espiritu Monday. And let me see, that looks French. Does that mean spirit of the world? <laughs> uh, uh, help me, is that French or Spanish? Fred C., welcome aboard. Of course, know who a spiritual mind is, but I was just looking at the name and I, my brain began to translate. Fred, spiritual, welcome. JLK, are you kin to RFK or JFK? It's Latin. In Latin, okay. Um, wow. Okay, Latin's a dead language, but I do remember in, uh, was it 8th grade? 8th grade, we had introduction to a foreign language, IFL class, and uh, then you could really pick, uh, you know, what language you were interested in. They had German back then, they had uh, French, Spanish, and Latin, and I remember a few people that took Latin, and of course that's really good if you're going to do a medical career, right? medical or illegal but uh, sadly I took French I don't know what I was thinking I used it one time when I went to Haiti back in 87 and uh, I still had my uh, verb conjugation list so I brushed up on it on the airplane and spoke a little French broken French jeune fille Uh, and then uh, years later when I had the necessity to learn Spanish and begin to pick up some Spanish, I lost all my French. Don't remember anything hardly. Je m'appelle Shannon. Et toi? Just a few phrases. Uh, how stupid. I shouldn't have taken French. Where are you going to use French? I'm not going to Quebec anytime soon. Not planning to go to France when I get my French fry at home. My croissant at Burger King, uh, just just joking, but uh, 
I actually heard that French women do not shave their armpits. Can anybody confirm out there? And that's another reason I wouldn't go to France. Just saying. Uh, what else? Uh, but I should have taken Spanish because I took uh, French for like three years. And in the third year of French, I made it, let's see, French three? Yeah. I wonder if I was I did French four. At any rate, we got to that level where uh, they just stopped speaking English to us. And um, we were at the point we're trying to uh, learn all the uh, the verb, past participle. Look, I hadn't even mastered that in English. What's a past participle in English? And you want me to learn it in French? Uh, I barely, barely survived that. I think I got a D in French 3. And you know what? Looking back, I should have taken Spanish. Just saying. Uh, what's interesting, though, before I move on, is uh, Jeremiah just started first grade here two weeks ago, and uh, we found a Christian school. It was a miracle to do that. We found one, and uh, reasonable tuition. And I said, okay, praise God. I didn't want to really put them in school at all. But I, you got to. What can I do? I, I'm not a homeschool teacher, so uh, God worked it out. And um, as part of the curriculum, they're teaching the children a foreign language. Guess what it is? Take a guess. Mandarin. I'm like, whoa, that's progressive. And I guess if you're going to be in this part of the world, uh, you know, China rules uh, the roost. So might as well learn a commerce language, Mandarin. Can you believe that? Not Spanish, not French, not Latin, not German. Mandarin. Wow. And I, I talk to people and say, you know, you, you're taking any languages? Yeah, I'm taking Mandarin. I'm like, Mandarin? Take English. Uh, but no, they they see some I don't. I guess that's uh, China taking over one day. Well, welcome aboard, everybody. Um, I got a, a surprise, and that is uh, I'm going to see one of my family, my brother, Damon, uh, first person I've seen in seven years we've been here. And I haven't seen Damon since I left uh, Gainesville, which is October 2013. So you do the math. Just shy of uh, 10 years since I've seen my own brother, other than FaceTime. And uh, this is only due to the fact that Bali just maybe six weeks ago, if that dropped all vaccination requirements to get in. I mean, my mom and brother were talking about coming down here. Um, and we were trying to figure out how to do it. We were going to need to get them some kind of waiver. And that was a nightmare. A waiver from a doctor which said, you know, you can't take it because, you know, you, you could be susceptible to heart attack or stroke. And uh, aside from that, we weren't be able to get them in. But I prayed. I said, God, help me. God did. And I was surprised one day. Again, about four to six weeks ago, they dropped the requirement. So it's wide open, which is good. And uh, my brother is uh, coming over here on a stop to the Philippines and uh, some other scouting locations for his business. And I said, man, it would be great to see you. Come on over. So we rent a three-bedroom house here. I really call it a duplex. It's not like a single-family home, but uh, we have a uh, room downstairs where we all sleep, um, and then two rooms up here, and one was my office, and the other was a junk room. So I decided to move into the junk room and give my brother the office a little bit bigger. We had a bed, 
put it in there. So uh, I went to bed yesterday uh, morning, or this morning, this morning rather, about 4.30 a.m. What a nut. Got off the air about 2. And next thing you know, it's 4.30 a.m. And then Jeremiah had to get up and go to school. So I woke up at 7. And Mama had a friend come over to help us uh, do some cleaning, deep cleaning. And and I was working all day. Uh, got scratched up moving. and But praise God, we got half of it done. And then I took a nap. And so... Uh, I think I'm good to go. We're going to have only one guest tonight. Uh, we're going to have Deborah Vells at noon, but I'm going to do Speak My Word, and we'll see what else we're going to do. And then uh, tomorrow, Thursday and Friday, we've got full guests, three three guests each day. Uh, or actually, tomorrow we've got Michael Cummins and a two-hour special with Harry Cooper, rather. Thursday, Elvis Newhart, Gary Stafford, and some friends, John Terrell, Dr. Hansen, Joseph Ferrard, Tom Mack, uh, Carl Henderson, Michael Smith next week, and more. Sabrina Sessions will be back next week, and some other things that we're trying to round up for you. Uh, I put up a uh, about four, plus Peter Whiffen, uh, five episodes yesterday from the Reloaded, and uh, that's really an exciting podcast. So if you're not familiar with that, Go to my website. You're going to see a second podcast we do called Omega Man Reloaded. And uh, get over there and check out some great stuff. Most of them you've never heard before. And we've got all kinds of exciting guests on there. Many of them went home to be with Jesus. But we, I'm thankful that we got to get them on radio when they were alive. But timeless messages. Um, but yeah, I was moving today. And then uh, towards the afternoon, I just got tired. I said, it's time to take that nap. Catch up on some back sleep. Got about three and a half hours, so total about six hours, five, thir- five and a half, six hours today. It's not recommended, but sometimes it happens. And uh, but a lot of cleaning over here. Praise the Lord, things are coming together. Uh, if you had seen the house here, it looked like an episode of Hoarders. And I said, Mama, listen, we've got to do something. You can hardly walk in here. Uh, we've got to sort through some things and uh, we had to clean up an out, outside storage room and now we're in the process of putting what we can in buckets and putting in that storage room and I'm stacking it up to the ceiling I know how to stack you should have seen my storage unit in, in Gainesville, Georgia I had a 10 by 10 and we had 600 no joke, 600 five gallon buckets filled with hard times food stacked up in that thing to the ceiling can you imagine that is that humanly possible we did it Lord have mercy I know how to stack I know how to pack I've moved most of my life we've moved like nomads uh, since a young child and uh, of course it's good to settle down in the area we've been here seven years that's good getting some stability again but when it comes time to move, a mega man knows how to do it. And pack. I just don't know how to cook. I can make you a sandwich, like a tuna sandwich, that's about it, but I can pack your house. Okay. Well, you didn't come here to hear my stories. Uh, we're going to get into the word here and uh, just warming up. We're going to be picking up today over in Genesis. Now, let me double check where we got to yesterday. 
Stand by. Let me look at my phone. Because I sent my brother the show to listen to. Okay. But the reason I stayed before 30, I was cutting audios. And um, there was a photo that I was telling you about yesterday called Search and Destroy. And I, I found it, and it was a black and white photo of my dad and my uncle, Mike. I think dad was maybe uh, 17, 18 years old. His younger brother, but his younger brother, two years behind him. And uh, they were down in South Georgia with 22s out search and destroy. They killed them a rabbit, rattlesnake, looked like a quail, bird, some other vermin. And laid them out on a sheet. And I said, wait a minute. We've got AI capability. Hmm. Photo retouching. And actually, I threw this photo in photor.com, or photor.ai, rather, the website. And uh, colorized it, which was kind of cool. Sharpened it. Hey, it didn't do bad. Uh, And so I put that up there and send it out to some folk and I started playing around with some other photos to see what else I could do now there are probably better pieces of software than photor.ai but hey it's not bad next thing I know it's 4.30 I said what the heck what am I going to do work till 7 and then order McDonald's breakfast what the hell with that I'm going to sleep and then Jeremiah wakes up new schedule we've got to get him off to school so here we are okay just trying to acclimate to a new schedule but the podcast archives are going great. Getting them up every day for you. Um, in addition to our three shows that we typically do Monday through Friday live, uh, you can get another four remastered archives. So, look, we've got the content for you. It's all free. Help yourself. Share it with a friend. Go to OmegaManRadio.com. Okay. Looks like we're going to Genesis 27. Let me get over there. Meg Man is drinking ice water, iced tea, and an iced cappuccino. That's how you do it. I remember growing up in the church, and Grandad Weber, pastoring the church, would uh, sometimes have evangelists to come over and do a revival. And um, as someone with good southern hospitality knows, there's nothing like taking your guest speaker out to eat for afterglow after the church service and um, that's what we call it you go to church and then you go out and eat called afterglow y'all can use that term you got my permission but I don't hear too many people using it these days that was a term from the 70's into the 80's a little bit afterglow and in Georgia where do you go after a Sunday night service you go down the Greasy Spoon you go down to Howard Johnson's um, you could go to the Chick-fil-A. The first Chick-fil-A ever built is right down there near the Atlanta airport, which is right down from my granddad's old church, Southside Church of God, on Jonesboro Road. If anybody knows that area, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, you could go down there, and they had a little different buffet, uh, little different menu at the original Chick-fil-A than you get in any other restaurant. Um, some additional plates, you know, they've had there since day one. You could go there. You could go to, back then in the 70s, of course, we would go to the Shoney's. On the West Coast, it's Bob's Big Boy, right? <clears throat> uh, we'd also go to a politically uncorrect named place called Sambo's. 
which was a, a great diner. And uh, I don't know if the, uh, there may still be a Sambo out there. I don't know if the chain still exists. But, you know, they all had great food. And I remember a particular evangelist. He was a great speaker, tall guy. Brother Brockman was his name. He came in and uh, grinned dead. Had him in there running the revival. And I remember going out on a after going on a Sunday night and if we, if we were there for the summer with granddad or grandmother or, or when we lived back in town and would go to church, a lot of times they would take me and my brother. And I remember going out there with him and uh, this evangelist came down there and a lady came and said, I'll take your order. And he placed his food order and then he said, uh, yes, I would like a cup of coffee. I'd like a Coke. Give me a glass of water and I think he ordered something else. And I was like, good grief, man. And he said, uh, that's just so I don't have to keep calling you back. I'm giving my order one shot. Bring it, and I won't have to make you get three trips. <laughs> I guess there was wisdom with that, and that's what you brought him. His coffee, his Coke, his ice water. There we are. Those are good times. Go to church in the house of God, and then go get uh, have a bite to eat. If you ever get up to Hegwish Baptist Church, and if you're a man out there, and a man of God, I encourage you to get out there in January to the January Men's Conference. It's once a year. And they go out to Afterglow after every service. And there's a particular place they've been going since 30 or 40 years ago, back uh, in the day when they began to do their first workshops with Brother Wynn Worley. And I was there on one occasion and went down there to the watering hole, if you will. Had some great food and fellowship. Food was okay, but more about the fellowship and some coffee. I don't know what I ate. I think I ate a patty melt or something, but... And then, of course, they have three family workshops throughout the year. I've been to two of those. Uh, been a while, though. Mega Man hadn't been uh, up there to Hegwish since, I think, my last trip was 2011. So I'm long overdue. Good news is I've got a fresh passport. And now the option to travel with no vaccine requirement to get back in uh, is very enticing. If I could get a special rate on a ticket, I just might pop in there. Uh, alert y'all and see y'all up in one of the conferences. That'd be great. I'd love to go up there. Fellowship with Pastor Michael Thier. I was in touch with him by text uh, about two weeks back. And uh, Green Light, he's coming on the program soon. We'll probably get him on August. And I want to get him on regularly to preach. Praise the Lord. Okay. We're going to go into Genesis chapter 27. Now we're going to get... Uh, get about the Father's business. Are you ready? Let's pray. Father Yehovah, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for this opportunity. Come together today to speak your word. We plead the blood of Jesus over us all and our families. Thank you, God, for this day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. We ask, God, that you would open up your word to us. Give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding as we read your word. God, seal our instructions, guide and direct our steps. Our Father, Yehovah, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine art the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. In Jesus Christ's name, bless your word today, God. Amen. We also bind every demonic force coming against any of us. And we rebuke you, foul spirits, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Command you to loose your grip and go. Go to where Jesus sends you. Don't come back. Amen. Welcome aboard Henry Love and JLK. I love that name, JLK. Um, it was not uncommon in the early days of the church, especially the 60s and 70s in America, that uh, people, many evangelists, would uh, go by their initials. A.A. A. Allen, R.W. Schambach, and then uh, my grandfather, B.S. Weber. My other grandfather, Herbert Wallace Davis, he would go by H.W. And uh, I'm thinking, man, maybe I need to go by S.R.D. Brother S.R. Davis. <laughs> I could do it. You could do it. Brother H.L. Okay. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 27. Um, and it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see he called Esau his oldest son and said unto him my son and he said unto him behold here am I and he said behold now I am old I know not the day of my death now therefore take I pray thee thy weapons thy quiver and thy bow and go out to the field and take me some venison. He wanted him a deer burger or veal parmesan, veal cutlet. I take it well done. And make me savory meat, such as I love, and bring it to me, that I may eat, that I may that my soul may bless thee before I die. Here we are, at the end of his life, Isaac son of Abraham knows his time is short and he wants to go ahead and bless give a father's blessing to his son and being the oldest son whatever is going to be bequeathed he'll probably have the lion's share of that that was the uh, right of the firstborn so well, here we have Esau and we've got Jacob. And if you were listening to our previous programs uh, yesterday, I believe it was, Esau had been out hunting. He came in, he's half starved. He was a man that loved to hunt, loved to stay in the field more than at home. And his brother Jacob was really a man of the tents. He wasn't much for outdoor sports. <laughs> He's more of a uh, brainiac probably and, you know, just an administrator and liked to work at home and he was a mama's boy. Esau, on the other hand, was favored by his father. You know, there are parents, even grandparents, that have favorites. Is that right or not? I don't know, but um, I try to love all my my children equally. And uh, here we are. 
these two brothers, Esau comes in, he's hungry, he sees Jacob cooking and making himself uh, lunch. He's got some of that red lentil soup, got some bread, hot bread, you know, maybe he had some butter. And he said, hmm, that's, you know, that smells good, he's thinking to himself, uh, come on, feed me, I'm about half star, about ready to die over here. And immediately Jacob says, give me your birthright. What kind of brother would do that to his other brother? Well, these, these boys had some problems. Jacob, you know, he, he wanted what his brother had, the birthright. And his, his brother Esau was like nonchalant. He, didn't, he really didn't even care about the birthright. And he said, okay, sure. I'll give you that birthright. And he traded him his birthright for a bowl of porridge and some bread. And I guess he forgot about it. And here he is. Before his father, who's called him, at the end of his life, Isaac is saying, Son, now do this and come back. I'm going to bless you. Maybe some of that savory venison. I don't know what kind of spices they used, but I'm sure they were good. I don't think that venison was bland. It probably had some great flavor to it. Salt and pepper. Over here we have a place called Holy Cow. (laughs) That's the name of it. It's a uh, chicken and steak place. I go in there for chicken. And uh, you you can, they give you chicken, then they'll say, uh, do you want corn or spinach? And then, of course, it's French fries or mashed potatoes. So I'll get some chicken and some French fries and maybe some corn. How do you want it? Uh, Salt and pepper. What kind of sauce? Barbecue, mushroom, spicy. So, you know, you're not going to just eat the plain chicken. I got me some of that mushroom sauce. I don't know what he made his dead. Maybe it was mushroom sauce on that venison. Maybe it was salt and pepper and some of those... uh, Maybe it was curry. We don't know. Whatever they eat in that part of the world. But it was savory. His dad was salivating for it. He's like, come on, bless your dad. I'm going to bless you. Go out there, take me some venison. Make me some savory meat such as I love and bring it to me. That was his father's probably favorite dish. And one thing about Esau, he could hunt and he knew how to cook. Of course, you've got to do a little bit of preparation. You're going to shoot that deer or that elk uh, or that gazelle, whatever they're shooting out there. Let's just say a deer. And you're going to have to uh, gut it, right? Are you going to skin it first? I, I don't know about that. Uh, I've never skinned a deer. But I do remember gutting one. First time and last time. My dad was a, a game hunter. He loved game. And uh, he'll shoot anything. Shot my rat, as I told you yesterday, that was destined for the science fair. Never made it. I was going to take him to school in sixth grade, and I was going to have him run a maze and find some cheese. And I had him in a box, and I set him up on my TV, sat and went to bed next morning. Hey, Dad, I'm getting ready to go to school. Where's my rat? Oh, boy, it escaped, Dad. My dad smiled. He told me later what he did. Just the the hunter instinct. He opened that box and took it outside, I guess, and uh, 
rat began to run and dead shot up between the eyes, killed it, buried it. Then he smiled and told me. <laughs> he laughed. <laughs> that was my dad. He just couldn't help it. The, the hunter instinct. Uh, he was just itching to hunt. Loved to deer hunt, boar hunt. But dad took me one time. I guess I was in my early 20s. Uh, come to think of it. How old was I? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'll tell you how old I was. I was uh, 19 going on 20, 20 years old. Just before I went to work for the DOD for six and a half years. And uh, this was a special time. Just me and my dad. Almost never had an opportunity like that to go just him and I. And he he said, let's go deer hunting. And uh, he took me deer hunting. And he said, I've got this place I'm going to take you out to and I'm going to set you up over this old barn up on the second floor. And uh, you should be able to get you something, but really did get took the prime spot. He went near this lake and went out there. He ended up shooting something. I didn't see nothing up there, man. Nothing. Well, I heard a, a, a shot go off, and later Dad came and picked me up. And Did you get anything, son? I said, no, sir, I didn't see nothing. How about you? Yes, sir, I got me one. And he got him a buck, and it was laying out there in the field, and he walked me over to him. He says, now I'm going to show you how to do this. And he gave me his knife and uh, gutted this thing, and it had a big bladder or stomach. And I remember, he said, now pull that out. Oh, man. I reached in there and pulled this thing out, and we gutted it. And then uh, I think he put it in the back of a truck and took it off. Somebody took it from there to, you know, do the rest of the job but you know you got to skin this I mean you got, you got to gut it did they skin it I don't know I don't I don't guess you had to skin it but you had to cut out that meat clean it up I'm sure and then, then you've got to throw it over there on the, the grill out there and then prepare it it probably took some hours uh, I will tell you this so we stayed in a hotel and what do you know dad said order whatever you want I'm going to get room service I said, okay. He said, I recommend the prime rib. And I ate this prime rib, and I'll tell you what, I could almost hardly eat it. It smelled just like that deer (laughs) that we gutted. And until to this day, I can't really eat prime rib because when I do, my olfactory kicks in, and all of a sudden I remember gutting that deer. And no, I don't. I don't like prime rib. Give me, uh, give me a rib eye. Well done. So here we are. Back on track. And Rebecca, that's Isaac's wife, heard when Isaac spake to Esau his son. Now, was it bad enough that Jacob stole his brother's birthright? Hasn't claimed it yet. But now Mama's going to get in on this. And Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. And Rebecca spake unto Jacob, that was her favorite, her son saying, Behold, listen up, I heard thy father speak unto Esau thy brother, saying, Bring me venison, and make me savory meat, that I may eat, and bless thee before Yahovah, before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Go now to the flock, and fetch me from there two good kids. Okay, these were like... uh, kids. Was that goat? 
Yeah, it was. Two good kids of the goats. And I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he loves. Well, I guess Mama had taught uh, these these boys to cook. But now, why does she ask him to do this? Because she's going to conspire with Jacob to steal the birthright. This is this is just terrible. So that he may bless thee before his death. You're going to take it to your father. He's going to eat it. He's going to bless you. And Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I'm a smooth man. My father, peradventure, will fill me, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver. And I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. Now, that was a real risk he was about to run. And his mother said to him, Upon me be thy curse, my son. Only obey my voice and go fetch me them. Go get me those two young goats. The kids. I guess their meat was tender. More tender than if you got you an old goat. Anybody had any goat meat out there? Now you'll eat goat overseas like in places like Trinidad and Tobago. Granddad Weber who was... uh, a missionary to, to Trinidad, Tobago, sent by the Church of God to be general overseer. He was there for about a year and a half. Grandmother had to come back because got some sun poisoning. And uh, she was taking, like, uh, prednisone, and her skin reacted with that drug in her blood system, and she couldn't remain there. So they had to come back and end their tour early. But while they were there, Granddad oversaw about 100, maybe 100 churches. And... Uh, he was speaking somewhere over the island every every um, weekend as a guest speaker, and many times the pastors would bring Granddad, the general overseer, to uh, their house afterwards and feed him. And Granddad said, "I said, what kind of food do you eat?" So I'd eat everything. Eat, eat you a lot of curry goat over there. Curry goat, ooh. He said, uh, one time I saw something, and I'll tell you, I didn't know what it was. Kind of greasy. And you had to eat it because it was put before you. And I, he said, uh, I asked the host pastor, uh, what is this? Well, Brother Weber, this is called Manaku. And I said, Granddad, Manaku? What is Manaku? He said, I, I hadn't heard of Manaku either. And he said to the pastor, what is Manaku? Oh, possum. Granddad knew what a possum was. <laughs> I lived in this uh, parsonage. Um, for a few years my grandfather had another church up in King Street Church of God Alexandria and they had this house right next door to the property where originally the pastor would live a pastor of a church uh, is provided a home and uh, in the old days you'd have the church and then just uh, you know right next to it would usually be um, a parsonage a house that the pastor lives in for their for their stay and uh, whatever number of years are there and and uh, so just about every church would have a parsonage and this was an old one and my granddad uh, didn't live there but the, the church also owned a, a second house and he lived there it was off site and I convinced my granddad uh, when I had moved back up to northern Virginia took a job with the government um, to let me live in that house 
I said, Granddad, let me live in that house and exchange. I'll be your janitor part-time. Of course, I was. I was a janitor. Worked in the sound room, cut the grass, whatever they needed. Opened the church, closed the church. And uh, in exchange, got to live rent-free in the parsonage. And there had been previous employees of the church that would have lived there over the years, maybe in like a choir director or a assistant pastor or what have you but it was it was vacant at that time and my grandmother said hey sylvan yeah let the boy do that so i lived it right next to the church that was really unique 2916 king street was my address and i worked only about two miles down the road uh, 200 stovall street for uh, u.s army dod from 89 to 96 and uh, <clears throat> great job where am I going with this story? I just got lost. Oh, it was an old house, two-story house, plus this attic, and this thing was old. It was old then, back in 1990 when I lived there. And um, come to find out, the uh, laundry room was not in the house. It was in the basement. And you had to go outside this house, walk down this little stairwell through this door, and this was under the house, and then walk to the very back. And that's where they put the washer and dryer. And I'm like, oh, good grief. Um, And it was creepy. Because down there in this uh, basement level, the church had stuff that had been stored there for years. They need a place to put it, they just put it there, you know. And I remember one time going down there and you had to go inside and you had to go reach over and turn the light on. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw something. And I turned my head and I just saw teeth. And it was a mama possum. I forgot to tell you, there was a broken pane there on that door for a while. And that's how this thing must have got in. And it wasn't by itself. It had babies, so it was not a happy camper that I'd just come in there and it was smiling at me with its teeth and I ran like grease light and I got the hell out of there and we got back up there I didn't want to go back down there but I had to because that's where you had to go to get your clothes I put them in the, in the laundry and uh, thank God I went down there one day and it was gone but I found the babies they were out in the yawn, lawn and I went to cut the grass I saw these possums Baby possums, they were laying out like they were dead. Literally playing possum, that's what they do. And they, they fake death, feign death, and then uh, when you leave and the coast is clear, if you don't eat them, that is, uh, they'll get up and run, and that's what they did. And so, you never know where we may go on, speak my word. I took you to Trinidad. We're talking about curry goat and manicou, mountain possum back to possum in the basement and here we are back on track well I guess the father could tell maybe couldn't tell the difference if they had the right you know uh, savor savory recipe between venison and goat but she's going to chance it and so is the boy he says you know my brother's hairy my I'm like silky smooth <laughs> he's going to tell he could curse me and the mama had a plan 
Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them upon Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands. Wow, she skinned those goats. Put the skins. Could you imagine this? Of the goats upon his hands. And upon the smooth of his neck. Now he was a man of the house. Not a man of the field. You're going to smell different if you're out there in the field all day hunting. Uh, you're going to smell pretty different if you're here in Bali, Indonesia for a few hours on any kind of physical labor because you're going to sweat and your shirt is going to be soaked. I soaked two shirts today. Started to smell. I had to go take another shower. Freshen up. But, you know, in in these environments, uh, you know, just what it is. And the dead's going to know the difference too. Are they going to be able to fool Isaac is the question. They're going to try. Mom's aiming to try. She put the skins of the goats upon his hands, upon the smooth of his neck, and she gave the savory meat and the bread. You've got to have bread. Don't just give me some meat. You didn't do it right. i got to have bread. Got to have some Texas toast or some French bread or some toasted bread. Better have some butter. Got to have butter. No margarine. She made the savor meat and the bread. I don't know if they had a mixed salad or not. That would probably go good with that. What do you say? Or some fries. Which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. Now, the plan here is to get Jacob in there before Esau comes back and steal that birthright. That's what they're going to try. Isaac said unto his son, Oh, wait a minute, excuse me. Skip the verse. Here we go. She gave the savor meat and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. And he came unto his father, Isaac, said, My father. Isaac said, Here am I. Who art thou, my, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. Now, how did he disguise his voice? Come on. But he... He did. He tried. Apparently, he fooled dead. I have done according as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee. Sit and eat of my venison, that thy soul may bless me. That's the deal here. Bring dead some savory meat, and then dead is going to bless the boy. And Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because Yehovah thy God brought it to me. He's just lied. And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may fill thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. Now, dead doesn't really have confidence that this is his son. Esau, he's going to do the field test. Come on over, that I may fill thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. And Jacob went near unto Isaac his father and he felt him and said the voice is Jacob's voice but the hands are the hands of Esau sure enough his hands are hairy 
And he discerned him not, because his hands were hairy, as his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. And he said, Art thou my very son Esau? And he said, I am. And he said, Bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's venison, that my soul may bless thee. And Jacob brought it near to his father Isaac. And he did eat, and he brought him wine, and he drank. He didn't bring him grape juice, he brought him wine. And his father Isaac said unto him, Come near now, and kiss me, my son. There's another test. And he came near and kissed him. And he smelled the smell of his raiment, and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field which Jehovah hath blessed. Because he had that skin around his neck, right? Therefore God give thee the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn and wine. That's interesting. Wine also. Wine's okay, uh, but you're not to drink to the redness of your eye. If you want to be in course in ministry and, and you know position, work for the Lord, then you're not to be drinking the wine. It's not a good idea. Aside from like communion, because what happens, people can't handle it. Most time they get drunk and become a derelict. He says, therefore God give thee of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee, and nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren, and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be every one that curseth thee. And blessed be he that blesseth thee. And it came to pass, as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob, and Jacob was yet scarce gone out from the presence of Isaac his father, that Esau his brother came in from his hunting. Now, Jacob was, him and his mother, they were connivers. There's no question about that. But they would not have been successful had it not been for the fact that Esau despised his birthright. Because if we could rewind and he's out there coming from the field, hunting Esau and sees his brother Jacob making the porridge. He's hungry, brother, give me some of that lentil soup, that stew. Jacob quips, uh, I'll trade you the porridge for your birthright. If Esau had been a man of God, he would have said, brother, you make great porridge, but I'm not about to give you my birthright. How dare you? even ask would have been the end of, end of discussion but he despised it that was a character flaw on Esau and again he's ultimately to blame here 
And because he just despises it, he trades it. And then uh, he wasn't even a man of his word. Because he's here, or he'd forgotten what he said to his brother, nonchalantly, you know, just said, yeah, sure, I'll give you my birthright. I'll give me some of that food. And uh, now he's come back to claim his birthright. Too late, Kate, as Mel Novak would said. You already made the deal. You despised your your birthright. And I don't believe God ever forgave him for that. It's written in the word. Esau despised his birthright. So Jacob's got it now. Esau's brother was coming in from his hunting, and he also had made savory meat and brought it unto his father and said unto his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's venison, that thy soul may bless him. Bless me. And Isaac, his father, said to him, Who art thou? He's shocked. And he said, I'm thy son, thy firstborn, Esau. And Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, Who? Where is he that hath taken venison and brought it me? And I have eaten of all before thou came. And it blessed him. Who was that? Yea, and he shall be blessed. There was no reneging. Your word is your bond. Very serious thing here. Blessings and curses and uh, the blessing of the father to his sons. You only get one blessing of that magnitude and he's given it out to the wrong son. Or was it the right son? God knew it was going to happen. Well, what's done is done. And Isaac, his father, said unto him, Who art thou? And he said, I'm thy son, thy firstborn Esau. Okay, so fast forward, verse 34. And when Esau had heard the words of his father that he had already blessed him, his brother. He cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry. I would try to act it out now, but I might wake up my neighbor. Oh, God! No! He cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry and said unto his father, Bless me, even me also, my father. And he said, Thy brother came with subtlety and had taken away thy blessing. And he said, Is not he rightly named Jacob? For he hath supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright. And behold, now he hath taken away my blessing. And he said, Hast thou not reserved a blessing for me? And Isaac answered and said unto Esau, Behold, I have made him thy Lord, and all his brethren have I given to him for servants, and with corn and wine have I sustained him. And what shall I do now unto thee, my son? And Esau said unto his father, Hast thou but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. 
And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, Behold, thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth, and of the dew of heaven from above. And by thy sword shalt thou live, and shalt serve thy brother. And it shall come to pass, when thou shalt have the dominion, that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. And Esau hated Jacob, because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. So he's got a plan now. When his dad's gone, he's going to kill his brother. Take what he's got. And these words of Esau, her elder son, were told Rebekah. And she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Behold, thy brother Esau is touching thee, doth comfort himself, purposing to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice, and arise, flee thou to Laban, my brother, to Haran. Tarry with him a few days until thy brother's fury turns away, until thy brother's anger turn away from thee, and he forget that which thou hast done to him. Then I will send and fetch thee from there, Why should I be deprived also of you both in one day? And Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob take a wife of the daughters of Heth, such as these which are the daughters of the land, what good shall my life do me? And Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said unto him, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Padanaram, to the house of Bethuel, thy mother's father, and take thee a wife from there of the daughters of Laban, thy mother's brother. And God Almighty bless thee, and make thee fruitful, and multiply thee, that thou mayest be a multitude of people. And give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee, and to thy seed with thee, that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger, which God gave unto Abraham, talking about his, his father. And Isaac sent away Jacob, and he went to Padanaram unto Laban, son of Bethuel, the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's, and Esau's mother. So he's going to his uncle's house, Uncle Laban. When Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Padanaram to take him a wife from there, and that as he blessed him, he gave him a charge, saying, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. And that Jacob obeyed his father and mother and was gone to Padanaram. And Esau, seeing that the daughters of Canaan pleased not Isaac his father. Now you see, you see this boy's true heart. First, he despises birthright, and when he doesn't get his way, 
Then he's going to get get back on his dad and his mom. So he had a, he had rebellion in him, spirit of rebellion. You know, he had the wrong heart. God knew this. He's not going to be the man to uh, inherit the blessing of Abraham and Isaac, the child of promise. Esau, seeing that the daughters of Canaan pleased not Isaac, his father, then went Esau unto Ishmael. Ishmael. Do you remember who Ishmael was? Ishmael was the first, Ishmael was the first son of Abraham from his maidservant Hagar. That Sarai, who became Sarah, and Abram, who had become Abraham, when they had been told by the angel of the Lord that they were going to conceive a child, and he was well into his 90s by that time, right? And uh, it's going to you're going to be the father of many nations. They didn't believe, especially Sarah. How is this possible? I don't think she was menstruating. God had to do a work on her. She had well passed that time. I mean, there's are there any eggs? God had to supernaturally heal her womb, cause her to be fertile, and Abraham to have some vigor. They didn't have um, Viagra. God blessed him. He was able to take care of business, impregnated her. And that wouldn't be the last child he had. But they jumped the gun. And he didn't do it with Sarah, rather. He did it with Hagar and produced Ishmael, the half-brother of Isaac. And then had a child again, had Isaac. And then fast forward, Sarah has died. And he took himself another wife and had like four more boys. He was already 100 at that point in time. Man. Yeah. That's all right by me. Who said you got to retire at 100 making babies? Well, Ishmael was not the child of promise, but God said, I will make him, because he is your seed, a mighty man. Uh, he will have, he will be uh, in conflict with, you know, with his brethren. And I think the Bible says he'll be like a wild donkey of a man. Correct me if I'm wrong, talking about of Ishmael. Well, he goes on, and he had 12 children, 12 tribes also and here we are back to present day in this story, in Esau angry now, he's lost his birthright and the blessing to his brother Jacob he's pissed off he's going to get back at dad and mom he knows they don't want him to take a wife of the Canaanites and what does he do, he goes to his uncle his half-uncle, Ishmael, and took unto the wives which he had, Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebohoth, to be his wife. And Jacob went out from Beersheba. And Ishmael, of course, his mother, Hagar, 
was an Egyptian, right? And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set and he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows. And he laid down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold the angels of God ascending and descending on it. Jacob's ladder. And behold, Yahovah stood above and said, I am Yahovah. God stated his name. The Lord, Yahovah, is his name. God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest to thee, will I give it and to thy seed for perpetual inheritance. Still in effect today, although men have tried to circumvent and preempt God and had the audacity and the hubris to think that they can override God and tell God what he can do with his land that he created and where he's bequeathed it to the Israelites, the Jewish people, they'll take it and steal it and give it to the Palestinians or other groups. Nobody has a right to do that. And I will forever stand with Israel and it's right to all the land that God gave them. And you should too, if you know what's good for you. Because if you're against Israel, and the Jewish people, well, you you will find yourself in conflict with God Almighty Himself. No matter what you think or what you want to say or believe, facts are facts, and what God has decreed, who are men to tell God He can't do what He wants to do with His land? And yet, people have. Uh, people are arrogant enough and think that and rebellious enough that they, th- they do it anyway. They do it to their own demise. Doesn't matter who's in government, whether they're good or bad, or or you know the fact that many people are in rebellion today in modern day Israel, just as they are in America. There's sodomites over there as there are in America. God knows all about it. That doesn't change anything. We are to stand with Israel. Because that's where God's going to fulfill His word, and Jesus Christ is going to come back and rule and reign from Mount Zion. God's beloved mountain. Zion is not a dirty word, it's a good word. God is a Zionist. By the way, Omega Man is too. God loves Israel, He loves the Jewish people. He's going to fulfill His covenant with Abraham and Isaac, the child of promise, and the 12 tribes. And that land was bequeathed back there in the Old Testament, the Torah. It's already been mapped out. And while the Israelites do not currently possess all that God bequeathed them, they will before it's over with. 
God will remove people who want to stand in his way. He'll remove nations. He'll remove you and I. We get in his way. You can choose the blessing or the curse. You can bless Jacob, which becomes Israel. You can bless Israel and its people. Or you can come out of the curse and curse them and God will curse you. Genesis 12.3 has never been rescinded. I will bless him that bless thee and I will curse him that curse thee. Saith Yahovah, God of hosts. I choose to bless Israel. How about you? I need a blessing in my life. And you know what? If you don't love the Jewish people in Israel, you're not going to be there. You're not going to want to be there then when Jesus comes back. Because that's where we're all going to be. Commonwealth of Israel, Jew and Gentile, in Jesus Christ the Messiah. Natural branches with the wild branches grafted in to Jesus Christ. Love Israel or hate him. And if you hate him, then hell will be your abode. Fall by the lake of fire. That's why I proudly say I am a Zionist, which means I stand with God and the Jewish people and their right to all the land that God bequeathed them, including the little strips that they got right now. Much more belongs to them. Yet there's something that rises up in people. And they they hate or they despise or they're jealous of Israel and the Jewish people because of demons inside them. Same demons that got into Adolf Hitler and caused him to go to hell. That's where he's at today. Burning in hell in heaven. Live out what he did to the Jewish people. Putting them in ovens. Ask Brian Melvin. He saw him. Saw Hitler in hell in the torments along with Reinhard Heydrich who was assassinated not killed immediately but he was um, he was shot uh, the ex- he was shot and um, died not long after succumbed to his wounds Reinhard Heydrich SS well let's get back on track here God has said I will give it to you and to your seed and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north, to the south, and in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I'm with thee and will keep thee in all places where you go and will bring you again into this land for I will not leave thee until I've done that which I've spoken to thee of. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep. God had just sealed his instruction in a dream. And he said, Surely Yahovah is in this place. And I knew it not. And he was afraid. Excuse me. How dreadful is this place? There is none other. This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Some say a stargate or a portal. It was a gate. It is believed that there are points on this earth where there are literal gates. We were talking about one with Timothy Bentz. By the way, we've got to get him back on. Got to make a mental note. I'm going to get him on in August. It was believed there was a particular gate 
over there in the Black Forest in Germany. That may have been an occultic gate because there was an occultic altar buried in the woods hidden by over overgrowth and brush and God gave Timothy Bentz the GPS coordinates and he relayed it to a friend and the friend went through this dense forest out there and laid his hands on the altar some type of gate and Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it I bet you that is still there today many of these altars are still standing today if you want to go look for them and he called the name of that place Bethel but the name of that city was called Luz at the first I used to know a girl named Luz Columbian girl her middle name was Luz and when I heard that I said hey it means light I think it means light doesn't it and Jacob vowed a vow saying if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace then shall the Lord be my God who didn't say then God will be my God no it give you his name but King James mask it in most places so if you see capital L-O-R-D that's different from capital L and then lower score O-R-D that's a title Lord but this is actually an acronym for God's name and his name has not been lost people try to hide it but it's being rediscovered again it was there right in front of our noses in the King James but only used a few times Yahovah or you might say Jehovah but accurate pronunciation Yahovah then shall who Allah no Allah doesn't have a son now does he all Muslims know that so it wasn't Allah Yahovah now he has a son very important the God you are serving does not have a son Jesus Christ you're not serving the one true God the creator of the Bible and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house and of all that thou shalt give me I will surely give the tenth unto thee look at that offerings now Abraham gave a tenth to Melchizedek Look at what his son, his grandson is doing. Jacob, a tithe, a tenth, giving it to God. The tenth is the Lord's. A tithe is the Lord. Wherein have you robbed me, saith Yehovah, in tithes and offerings? Malachi 3 6, still in effect today. Don't forget to give God his tithe. It's an act of obedience. Naturally, God doesn't need you or an I to accomplish his will. You can use a donkey if it's necessary. 
but in obeying him we get the blessing and shows us that we are in compliance and obedience to the Lord and through obedience comes the blessing well, I'm going to write that down it's a good title for today's program through obedience comes the blessing okay if you're just joining me we're going to take a quick break and come back do some more coming up the top of the hour we're going to have Dr. Deborah Vells we're reading here on Speak My Word in the book of Genesis Isaac is fast approaching his time of departure he's an old man at this point in time and Rebecca his wife it's come time to uh, bless his sons Jacob gets the blessing and the birthright because his brother Esau the older brother despises it Jacob has now been sent off back to the kinfolk to take a wife from the house of Laban his uncle Esau is angry at mom and dad and he does something to spite them and goes and visits his uh, half uncle Ishmael to take a a woman of the Canaanites and uh, God is met with Jacob through a dream and told him he'll be with him and Jacob has agreed and he said if you'll do this I'll give the tithe a 10% to God wow Genesis chapter 29 is where we're going to pick up here in just a minute I think I'm going to take a uh, quick break go to a song and we'll be back for some more speak my word I hope you enjoy this series that we're doing well, welcome back, everybody, to Speak My Word. We have made it to Genesis chapter 29. And uh, a new start for Jacob. And boy, he's got a journey yet to take. What if you were told that the lady you would like to marry, you're going to have to work work it off and uh, seven years before you can marry her would you still marry her would she be worth it that's the question Jacob is going to have to ask himself because he's going to find his bride to be but he's going to have to wait before he can get married get hitched Genesis chapter 29 Then Jacob went on his journey and came into the land of the people of the east. And he looked, and behold, a well in the field. And lo, there were three flocks of sheep lying by it. For out of that well, they watered the flocks. And a great stone was upon the well's mouth. Now if I recall, Jacob is going back to the the kinfolk. Back to the place where, like his father before him, a bride was selected for Isaac, Rebekah. 
Because remember, Rebecca and Laban, that was their hometown. And that's where Abraham had sent his manservant to go over and find a wife for his uh, son Isaac. Went back to the people, the kinfolk. For a mega man, that'd be like me going back to Lyons, Georgia, or Warner Robins, Georgia. I didn't grow up in Lyons. Uh, I was born in Warner Robins, about 100 miles, I think, outside of Atlanta or so. Uh, but before there was Warner Robins, for my family, there was Lyons, Georgia, Toombs County. That's where the Webers came from, at least on my mom's side, that is. And uh, my dad's side, the Davises, they came from Coffee County, Georgia. But a mega man is 100% Georgian, Georgia boy. I don't know if I still have my accent, though. I don't think I do. But if you go back home, it's not long before you begin to pick up the accent. Then I would be, I mean, I'm going down here. Let's go up here to Waffle House and get me a Coke. Get me a waffle, pecan waffle with some scrambled eggs, some steak. How y'all doing over there? You want to go down to uh, Cracker Barrel? So he's going back to his kinfolk on his mama's side of the family. There he's going to find a wife. He's back there at this well. I think this is probably right around the place the Abraham's manservant was when they'd found Rebecca. And he had prayed and said, God, help me to find the right one. And uh, whoever it is that gives me water to drink, let that be the one. And Rebecca gave him and also his uh, his horse or his camel, whatever I think whatever he was riding, water too. And manservant knew he had found the right bride for his master's son, Isaac. Well, here we are, sometime in the future. Jacob, he's down at that well. Excuse me. There were three flocks of sheep lying by it. For out of the well they watered the flocks, and a great stone was upon the well's mouth. And thither were all the flocks gathered, and they rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the sheep and put the stone again upon the well's mouth in his place. And Jacob said unto him, them, My brethren, whence be ye? They said, Of Haran are we. And he said unto them, Know ye Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, We know him. And he said unto them, Is he well? And they said, He is well. And behold, Rachel, his daughter, cometh with the sheep. And he said, Lo, it is yet high day. Neither is it time that the cattle should be gathered together. Water ye the sheep, and go and feed them. And they said, We cannot until all the flocks be gathered together, and until they roll the stone from the well's mouth. Then we water the sheep. And while he yet spake with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she kept them. She tended the sheep. And it came to pass, when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, that this would be his cousin, first cousin, 
And the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near, and rolled the stone from the well's mouth, and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. And Jacob kissed Rachel. Here's a man that knows what he wants, and is not afraid, and lifted up his voice and wept. Wow. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's brother, and that he was Rebekah's son, and she ran and told her father. I bet she was a beautiful lassie. And it came to pass, when Laban heard the tidings of Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him, and embraced him, this is the uncle, and kissed him and brought him to the house, and told Laban all these things. You know, I haven't seen my brother Damon in nine and a half years. He's come to Bali. He told me. I wasn't sure if it was actually going to come to pass. And today's, uh, he's took a flight. He's going to Japan. That was the most direct way here, the cheapest way. And then he's going to jump on like an air Asian, come over here to see his brother. And I haven't seen my brother in nine and a half years. I'll probably kiss him on the cheek. Will you kiss your brother on the cheek whom you haven't seen in nine and a half years? I think I will. It's been a long time since Omega Man has had a family reunion. The first of many, I hope, hopefully my mom will come out here in another month. They're talking about it. I said, Mom, if you're going to come and see your grandbabies before they, they're in college, you better hurry. The brood, they're growing quick. Jeremiah's already six and a half. Judah's four and a half, and baby Jemima's going to turn two in November. They're growing like weeds. You better come over here. Otherwise, they might not see until heaven. Well, they're having a family reunion back there in Haran. Jacob's met his, what will be his wife one day, his cousin. Met the uncle. They brought him in. His uncle gave him a kiss, a hug. And a mega man is the huggy type. On the Weber side, which my mom said, we hug all the time. Got to get some hug in. Let me hug your neck, we used to say in the church. Come here, let me hug your neck. I think that's the way it should be. Hug one another. Especially if you're family now. And... Uh, <clears throat> shoot so they greeted each other embraced kissed and brought him into the house and he told Laban all these things and Laban his uncle said to him surely thou art my bone and my flesh what kin and he abode with him the space of a month I'm sure they had some good eating over there fellowship reclining took some day trips, got to see the state of the flocks. And Laban said unto Jacob, Because thou art my brother, shouldest thou therefore serve me for not? Tell me, what shall thy wages be? And Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah. And the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed. 
But Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. What does tenderized mean? Somebody looked it up. Let me know. Sure, she was still pretty. But not like her sister, Rachel. And Jacob loved Rachel. Said, I will serve thee seven years. For Rachel, thy younger daughter. Man! Why didn't he say one year? Uh, Six months? Come on! How are you going to wait seven years? That's too long. Wow. Laban said, It is better than I give her to thee. And then I should give her to another man. Abide with me. They make the deal. Well, here we go. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed unto him but a few days. He was in love. What is time when you're in love? For the love he had to her. Now, they didn't have relations. They weren't married. He did kiss her when he first met her, though. I imagine they they held hands, and I don't know. Maybe not. But they are going to get married. That is the plan. But you got to work seven years first. The deal is done. Seven years has expired. And Jacob said unto Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled. I kept my part of the bargain that I may go in unto her. He's ready to get some loving. He's ready to have the honeymoon. That's the only way to do it. You've got to wait till the honeymoon. Get that loving early. The honeymoon ain't going to be much of a honeymoon now, is it? If you get married at all. People are short-circuiting God's plan of marriage. Not even getting married these days. They're hooking up. They're knocking the boots. And you ask the man, he says, Why should I buy the cow when I get the milk for free? I told a girl that one time. Not that I was in a relationship with, but just as some counseling, she was in a relationship with a man, and she was uh, distraught. Wasn't going like she wanted I guess he didn't want to settle down. and I said, well, why would he want to buy the cow when he get the milk for free? Telling her, what are you living with him for? What's the incentive for him to get married? You give him everything he wants. And she shocked me. She said, well, why should I buy the pig when I'm getting the pork for free? That's an actually, actually happened. I, I, was, I, went, I, I, was, I was flabbergasted. I didn't know what to say, but she was right. But you see, they were short-circuiting it. They should have waited. They want to get married. Wait till the honeymoon night. And here, he's waited seven years patiently. Now he's ready to get married. He's ready to get down to business. But the Bible says that I may go in unto her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. Okay, it looks like it's going to happen now. And it came to pass in the evening that Laban took Leah, his daughter. Uh Uh-oh. He's going to pull a number on Jacob and brought her to him and he went in unto her. Now, as I understand, the custom was there weren't no lights on in there. It was lights off. He didn't really know 
He's assuming it's Rachel. Uh, uh, excuse me. Yeah, Rachel. But he goes in there. They close the flap of the tent. Off come the clothes. Skin on skin. He's consummated the marriage. Knocked the boots. In modern vernacular. He went in under her. And it came to pass that in the morning. Behold it was Leah. That he had lain with. And he said to Laban. What is this that thou hast done unto me? You've deceived me. This is Rachel. Did not I serve with thee for Rachel? Why then have you beguiled me? And I imagine she didn't say a word. Because he would have found her out of it. And Laban said, It must not be so done in our country to give thee the younger before the firstborn. Like, don't you know this? Uh-oh. No, nobody told me that. Fulfill her week, and we will give thee this also for the service which thou shalt serve with me yet seven other years. Wow. Going to have to work 14 years to get Rachel his love. And Jacob did so and fulfilled her week. And he gave him Rachel, his daughter, to wife also. Now he has two wives, Leah and Rachel, got the sisters. That's a unique situation. And Laban gave to Rachel his daughter, Bilhah, his handmaid to be her maid. She has a maidservant. If you're wealthy, you can have a manservant or maidservant. You got money like the King of England, King Charles, he has a manservant. The Queen, consort, Camilla, she's got women's maidservants, handmaids. Well, Laban is a wealthy man. He gives Rachel's daughter Bilhah, his handmaid to be her maid. And he went in also unto Rachel, Jacob did. And he loved also Rachel more than Leah. And served with him yet seven other years. Wow. 21 years now, I think, he's up to. And when Yahovah saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb. But Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bare a son. And she called his name Reuben. For she said, Surely Yahovah hath looked upon my affliction, now therefore my husband will love me. And she conceived again. And bare a son and said, Because Yahovah hath heard that I was hated, he hath therefore given me this son also. And she shall she called his name Simeon. And she conceived again and bare a son and said, Now this time will my husband be joined unto me, because I have borne him three sons. Therefore was his name called Levi. Those names have significance. Uh, And she conceived again, to close up, and bare a son, and she said, Now will I praise Yehovah. Therefore she called his name Judah. 
and left-bearing. You know, the line of the tribe of Judah, Jesus Christ. The bloodline there, the genealogy goes up to Judah, and Judah came not from Rachel, but from Leah. Amazing. We're going to stop right there. Hope you enjoyed Speak My Word. I don't know if I should do commentary in the future or just read it straight. What would you like to hear? Let me know. But I am enjoying going to the Word and just taking my time. Okay, let's save this. We're right on time. Let's get Dr. Deborah Vells on. We're dialing now. Welcome aboard wherever you are. Please invite a friend to check us out. Here we go. Resetting.